Welcome to Cannabis Health Radio, a podcast where we share stories from people around the world who are using cannabis as medicine. The information is meant to raise awareness about the health benefits of cannabis, which should not be taken as medical advice. Now, here are your hosts, Ian Jessup and Corey Yelland. And we welcome you to another episode of Cannabis Health Radio. I'm Ian Jessup. And I'm Corey Yelland. For many months now, we've had a problem with Facebook shadow banning our content. And for those of you who don't know what that is, shadow banning is simply the practice of blocking or partially blocking a user or their content. And I've noticed over the last number of months, and I guess the last maybe year and a half, that our Facebook page activity has dropped dramatically when we compared to when we first started this five years ago. But I guess that's just something that uh, we're going to have to live with for the time being. Now, our second big tech problem is with YouTube. And our dear friend Mark in Belgium generously donates his time to podcast, to post our podcasts on YouTube. And over the course of the last several months, we've been experiencing a similar issue with YouTube, which has blocked some of our podcasts and has deemed our content to be suitable only for those over the age of 18. So because of the issues with YouTube, we've switched to Rumble, where you can find all of our podcasts on Cannabis Health Radio. Now, to our guest. Our guest today has dealt separately with three different types of cancer since 2005. Joining us to tell her amazing story is Maureen McCormick from Oregon. Maureen, thank you very much for doing this. Hey, thank you for having me. I appreciate having a voice. Maureen, given what you've had to endure over the last 16 years, are you free of cancer today? Yes. I I had uh, a scan just... um, Oh gosh, it might be three months ago, and a uh, and a three D imaging with my breast for the breast cancer, which was the most recent. So I could say that they've done the whole body scan. So yes, I'm totally without disease. Uh, that's fantastic. Now this journey, this journey for you started way back in 2005 when you were diagnosed Correct. with malignant melanoma on your left cheek. Tell us about that. Um, well, I have sailed up there in the uh, San Juan Islands and the Gulf Islands there with my husband for years. And one morning I woke up and I saw there was blood all over the pillow. And I went into the doctor and I said, there's something going on with my cheek. This isn't right. And now that doctor didn't want to go with it that year. So I had to go back a year later and say, you know, something's going on. I insist that something get done here. And so they did a biopsy and determined that it was malignant melanoma on my left cheek. And, and um, I had uh, a WLE section of it. What does that mean, WLE? A wide, ex- ex- wide excision. Oh, I see. Okay. Um, you know, they, it's just a big hole is another word for a big hole in your body. Wow. And, um, did they say they got it all when they did that, Maureen? Um, yeah, well, when I I went to the first surgeon meeting, I didn't I didn't have my husband come with me because I thought it was no big deal because he was just going to take the band-aids off. But then at that time, that surgeon told me that um, I, it was malignant melanoma and because it was on the head, it was very critical and that um, I probably would not survive this and that um, I should go home and get my 
affairs in order because there's no cure. Well, (laughs) I wasn't going to take that one lying down. So, and I'd had experience before um, getting rid of uh, a thyroid issue with raw foods. So it was natural for me to look for plant medicine. And I just started Googling and I ran across Rick Simpson, Rick Simpson oil. Now I had to do all the um, investigation and figuring it all out myself. And cause there was no, there was no support at the time. And so I did that and um, got through it. So when you say so no, 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 did you make it yourself or? I did. I did. I started making it myself. And then I discovered that we had a dispensary located nearby called Stony Only that um, was really proactive in, well, medicine for one, because we were just getting prescription marijuana in, in Oregon. So they were proactive that way. And they were also giving um, doses of it to the Shriners Hospital, their RSO that they made up. And um, so that made me feel pretty good, too. So I started buying from them. And uh, But I also wanted to check. I had a meeting with one of their people in the company, and I wanted to determine whether I was doing it accurately of all the study, and I did on it, you know. And so um, she listened to me for about an hour and said yes. <laughs> so. mm. Anyway, it's not that difficult. It's not difficult, people. But she did. Uh, I know there was one time I came in there and I said, you know, my husband doesn't like me being so stoned all the time. I just he, he thinks I'm losing my mind. And she said, well, you have an option there. You know, it's either chemo or this. What's it going to be? You know, it is your chemo. And that put it in perspective for me. And um, I just came back and told my husband he's going to have to deal with this for a little while. It's pretty short term, really. 60 days to get to your, well, yeah, 60 days to get to your optimum and then 30 days to actually take a gram a day. So, And you were doing it all orally? Yes, I was doing mine all orally pretty much. I was experimenting with, you know, like putting it on my skin and everything. And I didn't start trying any other orifices until I got um, the ovarian cancer. And that was in, uh, what was that was in 2012. Maureen, just before uh, before we go there, I just want to ask you, uh uh, with with your melanoma on your cheek, were you taking Mm -hmm. other medications prior to cannabis or was cannabis your choice at the time? Uh, You mean to treat the melanoma? Yes. Yes. Uh, no, only cannabis. They um, offered after the second when it came back again. I'm sorry, that cancer actually from the first surgeon um, who gave me the death sentence. It actually he actually left a little bit in the margin. So I had another doctor in 2006 do another WLE and um, bring it from another part of my face and make a bigger hole. But um, he did a good job. He's a plastic surgeon and um, uh, he got it all. And so I felt confident then that I could just keep moving forward with the RSO, and that's what I did. And then after a while, I I quit doing that. I didn't really quite understand that whole maintenance dose of a gram a month for the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. So I just did my edibles on the oils and things. I made very strong oil, and I would take it, you know, at night or in the morning or something. I just 
I used it a lot just to keep it off, just to keep it away from me. So the 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 cancer. And how long after you started using cannabis did the uh, left cheek heal? How long did that take? Oh, not very long at all. Um, I was surprised. Uh, probably about six months or something. Mm. And I see the scar. To me, it's big. And because it's right in my middle of my face. Well, actually, right on the little left cheek there. But other people don't really notice it. So I guess I'm okay. And I don't really care. It's my warrior. (laughs) (laughs) Now, when you made your oil for your uh, melanoma, did you make it from multiple strains? I did. I just went there and got... um, whatever they could, I guess I probably got whatever was on sale, honestly. And I got a couple jars of it and I just, um, started, you know, doing the rinsing with the alcohol and then, uh, rinsing it again and then cooking it down. It seemed awful cumbersome to make it for what little it came. So I felt better buying it because I could afford to. So I did. And I kept in mind when I was buying it and it was expensive, that chemo is a lot more expensive for other people. And it doesn't work, you know. I mean, it just, it, and sometimes it just seems, it seems to me that what I've seen with people, um, their chemo treatments is it just comes back with a vengeance for some people. Mm-hmm. Oh, I've seen that over and over again. Well, we've heard that over and over again, haven't we? And, you know, we have. No, but, uh, yeah. Yeah. Maureen, after you uh, dealt with your melanoma, a few years later, you had what you describe as borderline ovarian cancer. What does borderline ovarian cancer mean? Well, that means you're in like a, a zero stage, stage zero. It's like, um, but, but it's interesting because both my cancers were very low stage because I used uh, marijuana in my life, right? Mm-hmm. And this next one, although it's a very aggressive ovarian cancer, is very aggressive. It was it gave me a ten pound tumor, and that's what I went in for because they didn't even discover that. I discovered that. I said, if you take your, you know, down below my pelvic bone there, and I said, you see, it's all that far. And then she was kind of taken away, and so they did a they did a. Um, ultrasound on it and saw that it was a big mass so that was kind of concerning but for some reason my god that must have that must have been uncomfortable it was i was like pregnant right yeah and so um anyway and but i had all the typical uh things that were happening symptoms for ovarian cancer you know where you're Every, nothing feels comfortable around your waist, nothing. And you just can't hold your bladder and, and food was not appetizing. So, I mean, those were all, and I pay attention to my body and those things were not normal. So that's when I went to the gynecologist and, and uh, she had been treating, she had checked, taken something off the tip of my cervix once, but she didn't, she just said it was precancerous. So I didn't give it any thought, but I guess that might've been a precursor to, or showing that there was something else inside. I don't know. But anyway, when I got the, when I got that surgery, which was pretty, pretty big deal, you know, getting that out and then um, recuperating from that, the hormone thing was pretty heavy duty, you know. Did you start on oil immediately, heavy duty oil, when you got that diagnosis? Absolutely, yeah. Oh, I mean, no, right after the surgery, I always wait for the cancer to come out. 
I don't know why I do that. <laughs> I guess it's because I find out about it, get it out, and then start treating it with oil. I think that, to me, is an important part. Just get it out. And I know that there's people with ovarian cancer that, and I understand this, the women want to keep their eggs. They want to keep, they want to keep regular. But you can, you can harvest your eggs, too, when you're younger. I was um, actually about 50, I think. So I've already was already gone through my um, uh, hormone change and everything, but um, it, it still went, it was still pretty heavy duty. But then, then I started, I went immediately to, and got the RSO and started using that. Yes. And, and so would you do it, how, how often would you do it a day and how much were you doing? Well, I would do the protocol where you get yourself up to a gram a day and I would just, you know, put rice amounts on my finger and I do two or three a day as much as I can handle until I could, you know, the 60, 60 days were up. And then I would go for that 30 day heavy duty dose. And I did it under my tongue. I didn't, I didn't, uh, I might've tried it once or twice vaginally because I heard that that's another way, but I, but I knew from my other one that I could get it for sure, orally. So I did that. It's just this last cancer that I found out you can put it even in your belly button and stuff. Is that correct? Yeah, I, I, although personally, I wouldn't rely on that for something yeah. like cancer. Yeah, that's a, I kind of thought that too. Yeah. Maureen, so uh, you start with melanoma on your face. She moved to ovarian cancer with a 10-pound tumor removed. What did the doctors tell you uh, after your, this huge tumor was taken out? Told me to come back yearly for a pap smear and everything. There's nothing they could do. Oh, okay. Because they took out everything hysterectomy-wise, even the lining part. Mm. Uh, I can't remember the name of that. But they took they took that part out, too. So it was pretty extensive. So, um, no, they don't. They didn't give me any treatment, so I told them the treatment I was going to do, So and that's what I did. And what did they and, do, um, run out of the room when you told them? Well, see, nobody likes to hear that. They really don't yeah. because they think I'm trying an alternative source. The first one with the dermatologist, she had a panic attack. She just told me that a couple of years ago, you know, because we'd actually kind of gotten antagonistic toward each other a little bit because I'm just trying to stay alive, and she was trying to keep me alive and but we had different ways of looking at it so mm -hmm. and I understand their I understand their look too you know but because um, they think we're just killing ourselves but we're not no certainly um, not now in April of 2020 uh, you were diagnosed with breast cancer and after going through all the cancers that you had what was going through your mind when you were given a diagnosis of cancer for the third time? Well, to tell you the truth, I had already gone and gotten one of those genetic things because I thought, okay, melanoma and breast cancer relate, and so does ovarian cancer. So I kind of thought that um, this was before the breast cancer, and I thought maybe I was genetically predisposed to this, but I'm not. But mm -hmm. it goes, it does run in my family, but genetically it did not come up that way. So your breast cancer no. diagnosis, once you were given that, you went on cannabis oil right away? Yes, after the, she took it out. Well, she, 
Now, this surgeon had a certain protocol that she wanted me to follow. And now this was during COVID time. So Mm -hmm. it was all done online. And she said, if you had to have a a cancer, a breast cancer, this is probably the best one to have. And I thought, well, that's a good good sign. (laughs) And then um, so I figured maybe I can get a lumpectomy out of this. So I said, you know, I said, am I... Um, okay to get a lumpectomy and she said yeah it's small enough and uh, we can do that with the understanding that you have to follow the protocol which would be radiation and hormone um, it's not replacement cessation Mm. and I thought well yeah yeah whatever (laughs) so anyway I said well I would like to get I, I said yes I would like to have the surgery so, and I'd like to have it be a lumpectomy. But then after I had the lumpectomy and I went back and told her I was on the oil, she was pretty upset with me. And, um, again, kind of came to blows and kind of was nasty. Another doctor being nasty and saying that, well, do you want me to go ahead and then and schedule your full mastectomy, your complete total mastectomy? And I said, no, I don't. Um, uh, if I need to, I'm certainly... I'll certainly be glad to do that. But right now I want to use the oil and I just left it that way. Sorry to interrupt here. Did you um, do any of that chemo then? And also what kind of breast cancer did you have, please? It's ductal. um, It was a ductal carcinoma. Let me see where was it. Was it hormone driven? Ductal breast cancer, right breast. um, Oh, let's see. She, she did say, was it, what did she say? Um, see, that stuff's kind of confusing to me. That's why I feel, oh, it's H-E-R negative, P-R positive. Oh, okay, yeah. So, estrogen positive. Yeah, yeah so, okay, yeah, so hormone-driven hormone. Driven, oh, hormone driven breast cancer. Okay. But I don't have any hormones. See, I mean, they took them all out with the hysterectomy. So I'm thinking, why do you want to take me off my, uh, any hormones that I have? And she goes, well, there's a lot of things that create hormones in your body. And I said, well, I understand that. But right now, you know, the other oncologist is talking about wanting me to be on um, some kind of a bone therapy, an intravenous bone therapy, because my bones are so bad. So I, I, it doesn't make sense to me to, and the radiation, I didn't want that to get close to any of my bones, you know, um, having osteoporosis. So anyway, so I just you made didn't the judgment. do any of the protocols they wanted as far no. as treatment. No, I didn't. And when I went back to my gynecologist um, for the next year, for the, for the, mostly I like to find out what that CA-125 is and get a pap. But um, she's, and I told her about my issue with the, with them and the hormone driven and all that stuff. And she says, well, you know, you might consider Dr. B. She's new to Kaiser and she's come from Taiwan and, uh, she treated in, uh, oh gosh, where did she treat? Uh, yeah, the notes you sent us, uh, she was born in Bali. Um, yeah. Treated okay. people in Taiwan. Uh-huh. And she went to San, Di- San Diego, got her degree. Right. Got her degree in oncology and um is treating and she just and I also found somewhere where it says if you are losing weight or if you have pain that's when you call your oncologist well 
for some reason, I was losing a lot of weight. The RSO was dumping a lot of acid in my system, and I wasn't taking antacid pills. And so I lost 20 pounds. I lost 20 pounds on the hysterectomy surgery, and then I lost another 20 pounds on this uh, breast surgery. And um, so, I mean, I had some to loose it's okay but you know it's I mean, not it does, the it's it not the weight watchers you. program you want to be on is it <laughs> right no not really yeah not at all if you're enjoying our podcast we'd love it if you'd subscribe rate and write a review about cannabis health radio on your social media platforms because that helps us reach more people who could benefit from this information And we'd very much like to thank our listeners for supporting us and sharing our podcasts with others who benefit from hearing these testimonials about uh, the healing powers of cannabis. Now, our purpose in doing this is to help as many people as we can, and we're listener-supported. And if you'd like to make a one-time donation or a monthly donation, regardless of the amount, then go to our website, CannabisHealthRadio.com, And a drop-down menu will show you how you can do that. We're very grateful for your support, and we thank you for listening. And we'll be back next week. Thanks for listening to Cannabis Health Radio. For more information and to search previous podcasts, visit our website, CannabisHealthRadio.com. Subscribe so you don't miss new episodes. And follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. This podcast is made possible by donations from our listeners. If you found the information helpful, please consider making a donation in any amount through our website. You can also help us share our message by leaving a review on your podcast listening platform. We are very grateful for your support. Thank you. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Tune into a major journey podcast today, where guests take listeners on journeys and immerse themselves in the roller coaster ride both in and out of the cannabis space that brought them to where they are today. Throughout our conversations, guests share valuable lessons that they've learned along the way that listeners can use to empower growth both in their personal and professional lives. Check out A Major Journey today on all major podcast platforms.